Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here's your host, Price Atkinson. All right, back for another week here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy Football with late in the week. This will be an abbreviated podcast because I did want to get you this week's guest interview, but as they say, better late than never. And we will be talking with Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipmen, coming up here in just a little bit. We're going to talk about the mids' upcoming game at Notre Dame on Saturday. That would be tomorrow. Is recording here Friday. And again, uh, sorry to get this thing out so late. I actually had some lost luggage uh, over the week as I got back in town on Monday. And my luggage was lost. It didn't show up again until my doorstep late Thursday. And so I had all my recording equipment in there. Nobody expects to lose their luggage. You certainly never expect to lose it for a four-day variety. But that's exactly what happened last weekend is I didn't have any of my bags or any way to record and bring you this podcast. So that's why we're doing it a little bit late. But uh, just thank you for everybody to tuning in. Don't forget you can listen Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, a myriad of ways you can listen every single week. Give us a review. I would be so gratefully appreciative of that. Five stars would be fantastic, but we'll take whatever you want giving it a rating, and even just telling us uh, what you like, what you don't like, but uh, more of what you do like because that makes it easier for others to find. So give us a rating there at Apple Podcasts. But as I just told you, uh, we will be talking with Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipmen. Uh, also got to fulfill a, a lifelong dream calling Major League Baseball this past season, so I asked him about that, but certainly taking center stage. This weekend is Navy 7-1. Both teams ranked in the top 25 uh, that will be playing each other. I'll have to go back and find that year in just a little bit. But the first time in so many years that these teams will be meeting when they are both ranked. I believe it goes back to, let me see if I can find it. I believe it was back to the late 70s, I believe. But nonetheless, uh, Navy and Notre Dame going to be doing battle. But we're going to recap what happened last weekend uh, here in just a second before we do look ahead to the upcoming games this weekend, a big slate, busy slate, and also wrap up this podcast with the Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment like we do every single week. But let's get to the action uh, over the weekend, and that action was only in the form of one game, folks. That was the Black Knights hosting the lowly UMass Minutemen, the Minutemen came into the game 1-8, and eight and they left 1-9 and nine as Army snapping a five-game losing streak. The skid is over, folks, as Army now 4-6 overall this season, improving to 3-2 at home. Now with the win, they're going to have to find a way to win uh, at least two out of the last three. Got VMI this weekend, go to Hawaii, and then obviously we know what the big showdown, the Army-Navy game. Uh, but at 4-6 and six overall, Bowl is still not completely out of the question for the Black Knights. But the biggest thing uh, is the Black Knights, they got out of the gate in a hurry uh, against UMass as they scored 14 points there in the first quarter. And then they scored again on all three drives there in the second quarter. It did not take them long. Uh, The biggest scoring drive, 12 plays, 73 yards there in the second quarter. Uh, Army would go to uh, the break up 35-7 to as the lone score for the Minutemen was a long 56-yard touchdown pass just under five minutes into the game that tied it. But then after that, it was nothing but Black Knights in the football game. Army wins the football game 63-7. 
to seven. A couple of big key stats in the game. Obviously, Kelvin Hopkins Jr., he still is injured. He did come in, play very, very briefly, uh, but Jabari lost three of five. The quarterback under center starting 48 yards. He ran also for a team-high 140 yards and a touchdown. But the Black Knights getting a whole host uh, of players into the football game to carry the football. That would be 14 players, to be exact, that carry the ball uh, last Saturday. But Jabari Laws, the starting quarterback, was the guy uh, rushing for 140 yards, 17.5 yards per carry, folks. That is what you call getting it done. So an 83-yard touchdown run was the bulk of it. Uh, but as I mentioned, you know, some of the statistics there in the football game, um, you know, when you can convert on third down, that certainly makes your life a lot easier. And that's all, usually a lot of times the name of the game, uh, especially when you look at option football. 7 of 11, uh, Army was, while they held the, the Minutemen to 2 of 12 uh, on third down conversions. Army rushing for a season-high 498 yards on the ground. And they only tur- they turned it over one time but held the ball for 41 minutes uh, in the contest. As Army defeats UMass 63 to seven. Also last weekend, supposed to be a matchup involving Air Force in New Mexico. However, that game does not take place. That game has been postponed following the death of, of New Mexico Lobo defensive lineman Najee Flowers. Uh, he was uh, found uh, unconscious and later ruled um, that he had passed. And so that game supposed to be played in Albuquerque has been postponed. Uh, but in respect, out of respect to the Flowers family, uh, Najee Flowers did have going into the game 13 tackles and a sack and a half. But our thoughts and prayers are with the New Mexico Lobo family. Certainly tragedy when a young man passes way, way too soon. All right, we got to give out our game ball, and there's no telling. You, well, there is a telling where we're going to give that game ball out. It's really not that hard, but we're going to give it out to Jabari Laws, the starting quarterback. Now, really starting to flourish. Uh, you know, the record won't show it, uh, but 140 yards on the ground, uh, the touchdown run. Obviously, that was a biggie, over 80 yards. And you know, right now at a time where Army needs to steady the ship, and they're trying to do that. They're so banged up. Uh, on offense, you know, Jabari Law is giving that steady hand with Kelvin Hopkins Jr. still out. We'll give out our game ball this week to uh, Jabari Laws, but also uh, a close honorable mention to Sandon McCoy, uh, the running back for Army, as he carried a team-high 14 times in the game, 52 yards, but he had a game-high three touchdowns, did the junior out of Kannapolis, North Carolina. So maybe we'll go a co-game ball as Sandon McCoy scored three touchdowns in the football game for the Black Knights. So congratulations to Jeff Munkin and his team ending that five-game losing streak, getting the win over UMass. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipmen. We'll look ahead quickly to what's ahead this weekend. Also, the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segments all coming up next here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. So many games to muddle through. Who's looking for an angle? Who's looking for an upset? We're looking for it every week as part of Three Dog Thursday. Hi, I'm TJ Reeves. Join me for the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to picking those underdogs. 
My co-host Kevin Rogers is a senior handicapper from VegasInsider.com, and we do a great job of analyzing and predicting at least three underdogs to look for every week in college football and in the pros. Plus, when the college basketball season rolls around, we got to keep picking underdogs all the way through the Final Four. It's Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to our podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And when picking those underdogs in the football and college basketball season, remember our podcast, Three Dog Thursday. It's everything you need to know about Service Academy football. Yards and Stripes continues. Here again is Price Atkinson. Throws down the middle. He's got Williams wide open. CJ at the 50. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. Run, CJ, run. He will. 80 yards. Malcolm Perry to CJ Williams. Touchdown, Navy midshipman. All right, those soothing tones you just heard, the voice of the Navy midshipman, the play-by-play voice himself, Pete Medhurst, also 106.7 The Fan, the sports junkies, voice of Rosecroft Raceway, the Nationals Radio Network. Pete, there's nothing that you don't do, my man. You are, you've got a hand in it all. I try to do it all, my friend, because at some point in your life, somebody may call you and ask you to do something, and... I never want to be able to tell them no. So from that standpoint, uh, that's why we try to do it all. But there's no doubt 2019 by far professionally has been the best year of my life, no doubt. Yeah, let's get let's get started right there because, I mean, look, I've known you a while, and I was just beyond over the moon. Look, not as a Nationals fan, but as a Pete Medhurst fan, you get to live out a lifelong dream. I mean, it's one of every broadcaster's dream, maybe not everyone, but, I mean, to call the action of a major league game, you call the Washington Nationals bunch. I mean, I'll let you fill us in, but you had a lot of games this year, you know, filled in, uh, then part of the the Nats radio crew uh, with the World Series and everything. I mean, what was that like for you, Pete? I mean, just fulfilling that dream. Yeah, no doubt. 15 games I got to do. It was only supposed to be seven and ended up being 15. Wow. And the Nats went 12 and three in those games. A lot of them were, in fact, 14 to 15 were on the road. So, you know, you got to see, and I think there's always a perception of how a major league or even just a professional team in general conducts their business. Yeah. But being able to live it on the inside and see how everything is run first class, at least through this organization, I can understand why players want to play here because everything they do from travel to hotel to food, all that stuff is done in a first class manner. And, you know, when you pull up to the hotel and they've got these ropes up uh, because you've got people standing on each side of the bus uh, ready to attack and take pictures and autographs and all that stuff. Uh, it was just truly uh, amazing. But you know what you, you see, Price, that you don't see when you're watching the games, I mean, sure, as fans and as even media people, we see what happens during the two and a half, three and a half hours, sometimes four, depending on whether you're watching an American League game or not. Um, but we see the actual work that they do and what goes into them um, applying their craft. And we see that it's more than just showing up in each city, rolling out, playing three hours of baseball, and then going back to the hotel. It's so much more than that. And when you see that, you can then relay that message to the fans so they truly have an idea of how much work these players put in. I mean, a game starts at 7.05, 
some of them are at the ballpark by like one or one thirty in the afternoon, uh, getting themselves ready physically, taking extra BP, extra fielding practice, uh, getting uh, treatment if they need it, you know, if they're hurt. Uh, so there's just so much more that goes into it. That was the part that I was glad I got to see because you get to see exactly what happens uh, for the professional athlete, and you truly do appreciate all the work that they put in that it takes for them to be the very best at their craft. So you got to take credit for that uh, for that World Series, and you got to have a, a, a lot of that uh, on your plate because the turnaround <laughs> began with Pete Medhurst. Hey, man, we were in Atlanta in 1931. Sanchi almost threw a no-hitter. Uh, the team scored 15 runs uh, the next night. So, uh, little, little, we, did, we didn't get in the batter's box. We didn't get on the mound. But you know what? We at least brought some uh, good karma, hopefully, uh, along with us. And, look, that, that was also the enjoyable part. You know, when, when you're with a franchise that's winning, players are in a good mood. They're fist bumping you when they get on the bus. I mean, you know, very, the very first night, the – the, the PR department brought me down the lineup card uh, from my first game, got me a game ball from the first game, authenticated it and everything with Major League Baseball. And, you know, that kind of stuff, you, you, you just can't put a price on and what it means to you. I mean, it was, it was really moving for me because this is something, I mean, I've, I've put my entire life into. I mean, it's the only thing I've wanted to do since I was five years old. Yeah. And to, to be able to do that and for them to treat me in a first-class manner the way they did, um, truly has been uh, an exceptional uh, summer and uh, fall with the Nationals, that's for sure. All right, as we continue here on Yards and Strikes with Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipmen, we got to get into Saturday's game, Pete, because big-time showdown in South Bend. I know this is one that every Navy fan looks forward to every single year. But before we get to you know the actual game and everything, I mean, just the way the season has unfolded, you know, the, 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 I mean, there's no other way to put it. The dramatic turnaround. I mean, a turnaround for the ages, at least certainly in college football this season, but uh, in the annals of Navy football history, I mean, from going 3-10 and 10 to now having only lost one game. I mean, all these changes in this turnaround, this all started in the offseason with Coach Ken Niamatololo making some difficult decisions and making some staff changes that have paid immense dividends. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And look, I mean, when you're successful as much as Navy has been, you know, Kenny Amatololo, nor Paul Johnson had back-to-back losing seasons. They've never had a back-to-back losing season uh, situation in the triple option era. There's a reason for that, and that's yeah. because the men in charge knew what needed to be done uh, to get better results, and they didn't sit around dilly-dallying about it. And coaches will tell you the worst possible thing you have to do in the pros – you know, the worst possible thing you have to do is, is bring a player in and say, hey, you're cut. We're, we're letting you go. I mean, that's that's an excruciating part of the business for coaches. And certainly in the college game, it's when you have to let a staff member go, especially Price. You know, from being at Navy, a lot of these guys have been here a long time. So because of the success and when you when you have to let people go, that's by far the worst part of this business. But at the same time, uh Kenny Amatololo's changes have brought direct results from uh, from a winning standpoint. And and he knows, and, and all coaches know, you're judged on wins and losses. You're judged on your results. And so far, through eight games, analytically, you can't even begin to document how good this turnaround has been for the defensive side. The numbers are mind-boggling. When you look at Navy out of 130 teams in some categories – 
you know, like tackles for a loss price. They were 129th in the country last year. Yep. This year, it seems like they're getting a tackle for a loss every other play. Certainly at least one a possession, it almost seems like, on the defensive side. It's just been an extraordinary turnaround. It's been done with a lot of the same personnel that was there a year ago. And that personnel has bought into what the new coaches are selling. They're giving great effort out on the field. And we knew the offense would be better. The offensive coaches are too talented. Yeah. The players, especially the quarterback, is too talented. Kenny Amatololo took all blame for last year because, you know, they, they, they made Malcolm a quarterback and they made him a slot back. And then, you know, they, they said, wait a minute, you're going to be the quarterback from day one. It's allowed him to get all the reps. It's allowed him to make better decisions. And what he's done out on the field so far uh, has just been extraordinary uh, through eight weeks for the midshipmen. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. You reeled off some of the statistics. I mean, you know, Brian Newberry, the new defensive coordinator, has his Navy defense, what, 15th in the country in scoring defense, 17th in total defense. I mean, they're making plays. I mean, I, I make the argument, I mean, that very similar to Jay Bateman uh, when he was the defensive coordinator at Army because, yeah, everybody knows what the triple option is going to do offensively, but when you go from a bend but don't break defense, and that's on a good Saturday or a good Friday night sometimes in the AC to that attacking, aggressive, playmaking style, you know, you're not just relying on, well, we hope we get off the field. You're going out and making it happen. And to me, that's that's what took Army to another level. Obviously, they've slid back now to the pack, and Jay Bateman has gone to North Carolina. But to me, that's what's helping take Navy to another level now, especially when it comes to the American Athletic Conference. Yeah, there's no doubt, Price. I mean, you can't look at college football offenses today. You cannot sit back and just absorb – uh, this stuff with a bend and don't break policy all the way down to the 20 yard line. The offenses and the skill people are just too good. You know, Navy had to make drastic changes. Kenny gambled and went that route. And Brian Newberry uh, has paid immediate dividends. Obviously, we found out today's a nominee for the Frank Broyles Award as one of the nation's top assistant coaches. And I'll be honest with you, off the top of my head, outside of what Joe Brady has done at LSU with that offense, Price, I'm not sure there's a guy that you can point to that's done a better job than Brian Newberry, that's for certain. Um, but other than that, I mean, you're putting a guy like him in heady company right now uh, with the way he's coached this Navy defense so far this year. But again, you know, you look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, Notre Dame, SMU, back-to-back weeks, my friend. That defense is about to get tested, no doubt, by uh, a couple of good football teams. Yep, absolutely. Having the week off certainly does not hurt that to get a little bit of rest for the stretch run. But a couple sophomores to ask you about, Med. You know, there's probably been nobody that's thrived in, in this new defensive uh, system scheme uh, like sophomore linebacker Diego Fago. I mean, it seems like every time I'm listening to a broadcast television, listening to you and Joe on the Navy Radio Network, wherever it is, Diego Fugo's name is being called constantly throughout a broadcast for what he's doing as the leading tackler for the midshipmen. Yeah, there's no doubt he's playing fantastic football. Uh, in my mind, he's a first-team uh, all-AAC candidate. He's been that good. And the ironic thing is, is when you talk to the coaches, they, they feel that there's even more that he can do and, and more that he's going to be able to do uh, as he plays in this system. So he's just a guy with terrific instincts. He's absorbed what the coaches have done in terms of the changes. The The linebacker's more active. He's not just sitting in the hole waiting for somebody to run through it. He's attacking the hole. He's been a, a headache to quarterbacks that have been trying to throw. He's made uh, tackles for a loss in the run game. And he's just been a terrific 
uh, decision maker from that linebacker position. Uh, uh, we talk about that word with quarterbacks, but it's also a defender's got to make good decisions. You can't go out of your gap that you're supposed to be going into um, and, and run yourself out of plays. Because not only do you run yourself out of a play, sometimes you run a teammate out of a play that becomes a big play uh, for the opposition. But he's been so good, and I believe uh, he's really only scratching the surface of just how great a middle linebacker he can be. All right, continue with Pete Medhurst. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Pete Medhurst. Also, host of the It's College Football podcast with his sidekick, Joe Miller. Make sure you give it a listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I'm sure all the podcast platforms, man, where you can find it. But, look, another sophomore to ask you about. How about the story of Jamel Carruthers, the, the fullback, B-back, as it's known in the Navy offense? I mean, this sophomore was not even on anybody's radar screen. I mean, obviously the coaches knew who he was. They got him, you know, from Bowling Green High School in Kentucky. He was state Gatorade player of the year in the Bluegrass. But, I mean, he was basically down in the middle of the J- depth chart on the JV squad, and now he's the starting B-back in thriving, what, three touchdowns each in the last three games, and that and that doesn't include the, the receiving touchdown he had against Tulane. It's taking this offense, I mean, giving this offense that B-back that they have been looking for to make plays, really going back several seasons. Yeah, when, when you see a guy, especially at that position, who is running away from people, Price, I mean, that's been the extraordinary thing about Jamel. And look, I mean, give the kid a lot of credit. He was fifth on the depth chart, played the first game on the JV, and he just, you know, he made plays in that game. But Kenny said it was just his continued work in practice. And every time you'd see him in practice, he just kept making plays. And they were like, well, man, we, we, we got to keep, you know, moving him up and moving him up. He's outplaying other people. And eventually uh, he's outplayed everybody uh, to get to that spot. And, and you know, him and uh, Nelson Smith combined for 230 yards at the B-back position against UConn. And, not that you're going to get that every game, but Price, you know the wear and tear that position takes. So if you can divvy up that uh, punishment now between two guys, you keep them both healthy. So in the fourth quarter of games, they are dominating people. And that's what's happened in a lot of Navy wins. You've seen the, the B-backs running wild in the fourth quarter where that offensive line has that defensive front worn down for the opposition. And Jamel, with that great speed, just pulls away from everybody. All right, you guys will have the call, you and Joe Miller, Navy Radio Network, 2.30 kickoff Eastern Standard Time from South Bend, Navy, Notre Dame. Um, Med, obviously we know the streak that, that, that ended several years ago, what, 2007, 43 straight, that, that, that Notre Dame had won over Navy. You know, Navy now, I believe, it's they're only uh, an underdog, but I think it's a touchdown now when they opened as a double-digit dog, I believe, down to about a touchdown. You know, is, Na- is Navy every bit the equal now? And obviously we know that the, the player personnel on each side of the field is different, but when it comes to looking each other in the eye, I mean, Navy, you know, ranked in the top 25, Notre Dame, what, number 16 in the country. I, it, I almost kind of look at this almost as, as a stalemate. Price, I look at it this way. I think in terms of want to on the college football level now, uh, these programs are on equal terms. I believe football means just as much at Navy as it does at Notre Dame. And I think there was a time legitimately where you could have made the argument Mm -hmm. that it didn't. I mean, Notre Dame is obsessed about winning the national championship. But I also believe there's a great obsession within the Navy coaching staff, the program, and the administration for football now. Uh-huh. I really do. Football's got to football's be a breadwinner now that that league has got a new TV contract and 
the Naval Academy is going to uh, benefit greatly uh, from the monies in that contract. So I, I think there is a, a huge want to it at the Naval Academy that wasn't necessarily there in my mind several years ago. Uh, but from that standpoint, yes, I think they're on equal footing. Where they're not on equal footing is we're still not going to get that five-star athlete because the five-star athlete is eyeing the National Football League. He's not potentially eyeing flying F-18s or yeah. uh, being in a nuclear submarine uh, one day protecting the country. That's the one place where we will always be different. And in my mind, is in today's college football, which I think conspires against the service academies greatly in many respects, I think that's why what Navy does, the run that Army's had the last couple of years, Air Force has been extraordinary for years under Fisher DeBerry and Troy Calhoun. That's what makes the success that the service academies have uh, so extraordinary to me is the fact that they've been able to overcome uh, all of those things about college football's expansion and big money and, and still be uh, not only competitive, but be a headache for a lot of the bigger programs that they face. All right. It, when you're looking at Notre Dame here, I, it was something I read in Bill Wagner's column this week that kind of had me start thinking, hmm, you know, Notre, Notre Dame clearly out of the, the, the college football playoff picture. I mean, they haven't beaten a ranked team all season. The two teams they played that were ranked, they got beat. You know, my, the curiosity then is, and we, I don't think we'll obviously know this answer until Saturday, but, you know, the fact that they're all – pretty much eliminated from the college football playoff you know they is there any chance you think that they lack some focus because I was reading an article you know just recently about how it's not going to be a sellout and they haven't had any kind of marquee home you know you know marquee name teams coming to South Bend uh in the month of November is you know is there a chance that this is you see a flat unmotivated Irish team on Saturday you know I still think they have a chance to play in a New Year's Day game uh -huh. so I think they're going to be motivated. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, I, I mean, you still got a chance to win 10 games, play in a, a $10 million bowl game so that you keep uh, the monies for yourself because you're an independent. So uh, I think they got plenty of reasons to play. Uh, plus they're Notre Dame and they've yeah. got a reputation to protect. I think, you know, unlike the year in Jacksonville where Navy won a couple of years ago with Will Worth and company, that was a four-win Notre Dame team. So, and, and as Kenny said alertly this week, Navy had to play the perfect game, and Notre Dame did not have one of its best teams, and we still won by a point. Yeah. So, you know, the, the mountain is steep. Ian Book is a terrific quarterback. Um, they've lost a ton of NFL talent, though, over the last couple of seasons. There's no doubt about that. I'm not sure if the replacements are quite on the same level as some of those guys yet. Uh, Claypool, terrific wide receiver. Jones, a better-than-average runner. Offensive line has graduated some unbelievable all pros the last couple of years. I think that group is still a work in progress. One of their best offensive linemen, um, you know, not playing because of, a, of an ankle issue. I think it is. And obviously Aquara missing on the defensive side, the great pass rusher. So, you know, certainly that helps if you're playing Notre Dame right now, you're not getting their best 22 on the field overall, but at the same time, you know, I don't think the kids at Notre Dame and Brian Kelly quickly reminds them, um, they, they don't want to be the subject of college football this weekend where Navy beat them, the service academy, the feel-good story, yada, yada. So I think from that standpoint, um, you know, I think you're going to get a very motivated uh, Notre Dame team. Plus, Brian Kelly's a terrific football coach, Price. And mm -hmm. I know there are a lot of people that give him grief for a lot of different things. But in terms of the, the, the actual execution of the game of X's and O's, that dude can coach. And he's going to have his team ready. 
he'll be motivated, and I know he'll motivate them coming up on Saturday. All right, when you look at the game from the standpoint of, I, I'm not going to say more to play for, I, I, you and I both know that the, the obvious goals for Navy, and it's going to be this way every single year, Commander-in-Chief Trophy won, uh, coupled with beating Army, That's the, those are givens. You know, but winning the American Athletic Conference, which Navy is right in the thick of right now, in some ways you might make a case that they could be in the best position uh, to win the West and play in the championship game again. Um, but the fact that... There's a chance right now at that Group of Five New Year's Day Six Bowl, and right now, to me, this point in the season, uh, the Group of Five race for that spot is as fascinating as it's ever been. And it really all look. Let's all let's face the music. It all begins and ends with the American Athletic Conference. You know, I know Appalachian State's kind of hanging out there, but I mean the ACC or the AAC with four teams ranked in the top twenty-five. Oh yeah, the ACC, who I just mentioned, only has one. You know, but. Is there chatter about that in the back room? Because a win, a win over Notre Dame is going to catapult you. I mean, you're already in the conversation, but a win over the Irish, that takes it to another level. Well, if we beat Notre Dame, then if we win out, we're in. We're, yeah. we're, there's no question we're in that game. Because that would – well, I rephrase that. We still need Cincinnati to beat Memphis so we can get into the American Athletic Conference championship game. Sure. But if that happens and we win out, obviously beating Notre Dame – then yes, we would by all means be in that New Year's Six uh, bowl game. But I think either way, one of the teams from our conference is going, uh, and, be, and it's a testament to what Mike Oresco and the schools and the conference have built. You know, I mean, if, if you're UConn and you want out, fine, leave. You're, you're the weakest sister in our league anyway, so we're not really missing anything with you gone. If anything, the league strengthens that much more uh, and, and tightens up uh, without one automatic win for just about everybody in the league. Uh, coming up. So uh, I think for years, I think this league is going to be good, especially as it uh, as it's situated uh, these days. And like we said, that new contract with ESPN is going to put a little bit more money in the school's pockets uh, that no other team, no other conference in the G5 is getting. And and certainly, no, it, it's not the hundreds of millions of dollars that we see the Big Ten and the Big 12 yeah. and, and all them uh, divide up price. But you know what? As a G5 goes, it's a heck of a lot more money. Uh, be an offer to the American uh, than there is to the Sun Belt and the Mountain West and the MAC all combined, probably, quite frankly, when you add it up. So, from that standpoint, you got to give Mike Oresco uh, credit for negotiating that stuff, and you got to give the schools credit for the great commitment they've made uh, to having a terrific football product. Well, Med, can't thank you enough. It's always a pleasure, my man. 2.30 kickoff, South Bend, Navy, Notre Dame can be heard on the flagship station of the Navy Midshipmen, WNAV 1430U, Joe Miller, Keith Mills, Scott Wyckoff, the entire broadcast crew, man. Have a great call and have a safe trip. Stay warm, most importantly. All right, Price, always a pleasure to be with you. Appreciate your support of uh, Service Academy Athletics, my man. All right, once again, that's Pete Medhurst, the play-by-play voice of the Navy Midshipmen. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Pete Medhurst. Great conversation with Med right there, getting ready for Navy-Notre Dame on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit more about that game when we come back. Also about the other games we've got coming up this weekend, as well as our Travis Mannion Foundation honor roll segment. You don't want to miss it right here, Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy football. Here again is Price Atkinson. All right, let's look ahead to Saturday and what's ahead. We'll start up in West Point. 
Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time kickoff between VMI and Army is the Black Knights. They're going to say they're going to say goodbye to a huge senior class and a senior class that has just meant so much to this program and will be the the 16th all-time meeting between Army and VMI. Army leads the all-time series between the two military institutions, 14. To one, the lone VMI victory was back in 1981, uh, a 14-7 to win for the Keydets. But all 15 of these games uh, involving these two military academies have been played at Mikey Stadium. And, of course, as I told you a little bit earlier, uh, the Black Knights, they get that win last week, and now 4-6 and six as they're striving to get to bowl eligibility. I don't think they're going to have any kind of problems with the Keydets uh, on Saturday. But this will be the, again, closing out the home portion of the schedule for the Army Black Knights. They're going to honor the U.S. Army Special Operations Command uh, with the insignia on the back of their helmets. Again, this will be a 12 noon Eastern Standard Time kickoff on CBS Sports Network. All right, also on Saturday, uh, from South Bend, Indiana, the first time since 1978 that Navy and Notre Dame are going to meet as they are both ranked opponents. A 2.30 Eastern Standard Time kickoff on NBC from Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. Navy, number 23, versus number 16, Notre Dame. Brian Kelly's team certainly bracing as they are a touchdown favorite at last check against the midshipmen. But uh, the Irish coming into the game, they're 7-2 and two overall this year. They're two losses, both to ranked opponents, giving up that narrow 23-17 uh, to 17 loss at home to Georgia. And then also, uh, or excuse me, that was in Athens. And then also losing on the road at Michigan, 45-14. to 14. But who knows what we'll see out of Notre Dame. Will they come out fired up? We talked a lot about this game with Pete Medhurst. Will they be flat? We will see, but I know that Navy obviously is going to come into this game incredibly fired up. I think that Navy is going to pull the upset again and pull it off in South Bend. But time will tell. We will see. I just like the way this Navy defense is playing. Something is different about it this season. Much, much different. But that's my feeling in terms of I think that there's just something in the air that feels different about this game. But also on Saturday, Air Force in Colorado State. The Ram Falcon Trophy is up for grabs. A 5 p.m. kickoff local time, Mountain Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. This game is going to be broadcast on ESPN2. A great matchup between the four and five Colorado State Rams at Canvas Stadium, hosting seven and two Air Force. Yes, obviously we know an American or a uh, Mountain West Conference game, a big one for Air Force as they are still mathematically in the race to play for the conference championship. Uh, but Air Force was receiving votes uh, this week in the coaches poll. They, if you tallied up the 25 points they came in at 32nd also received two votes in the AP poll uh, but Air Force in Colorado State again Air Force leads this series 35-21-1 including 24-15 and 15 games uh, in the Mountain West uh, the Falcons 21-11-1 and 11 and 1 at home but they're also 14-10 and 10 at Colorado State Air Force has won the last three matchups including 11 of the last 13 but this game at Colorado State, the last time these teams matched up was on Thanksgiving Day last year, a thriller Air Force winning 27-19. to But that Ram Falcon trophy up for grabs is Troy Calhoun and Mike Bobo, the head coach, is going to do battle. And certainly his way this season has unfolded and turned around for Air Force, 
they are going to be a fired up bunch come out of the gates in Fort Collins on Saturday. Also a note real quick to let you know, the game originally scheduled for last weekend uh, between the Air Force Academy and New Mexico State, that game has been postponed to November the 23rd. That one will be uh, air on ESPN3. Again, as I mentioned, Najee Flowers, the 21-year-old defensive lineman for the Lobos, was found dead last week, and that game was subsequently postponed due to his death. It will now be rescheduled and played on November the 23rd. All right, when we come back, the Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment, we'll wrap up every episode of the podcast honoring a fallen hero who has given the ultimate sacrifice. That's coming up next right here on Yards and Strikes. All right, welcome back into Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. And you've, you've heard me talk about the Travis Mannion Foundation so much. And certainly, uh, Ryan Mannion, the president of the Travis Mannion Foundation, uh, as we talked with her last week. And uh, if you haven't ordered her new book, uh, The Knock at the Door, I encourage you to do so. Uh, a fantastic read. You can do so by ordering it online at travismannion.org. But I mentioned the Travis Mannion Foundation is just making a difference in lives uh, across the country. And right now, Operation Legacy is going on throughout the month of November and you can join their team of volunteers serving in local communities just simply by going to travismanion.org and finding a service project in your area. They're empowering veterans and families of the fallen heroes to develop character in future generations and in the words uh, that Travis Mannion himself spoke, if not me then who? And that powerful and bold statement continues on with the legacy and work that families of loved ones uh, are continuing to do across the country. And I encourage you to check out travismanion.org. But this week we're going to honor and remember a member of the United States Army, Andrew Hansen, who was born uh, December 14, 1963, in Plainfield, Illinois. He gave the ultimate sacrifice on November the 19th, 2014, uh, as he lost his battle with cancer. Uh, lung cancer unfortunately took the life of Andrew Hansen way too early. And I know everybody listening right now, I'm sure each one of you has been affected in some way, shape, or form in knowing somebody uh, that has been affected uh, with cancer. And if there, if you haven't raised, your, if you're not raising your hand right now, then you are one of the very, very few uh, lucky ones that has never uh, had a loved one family member, somebody you know, cared about, um, uh, that has dealt in battle cancer. You know, obviously, clearly a nasty thing. But Andrew Hansen, a member of the United States Army, was an active duty military for over 16 years. And he had a brief break in service when he worked for several nonprofits as well as the United Nations. And it was then that he met his wife uh, during a mission uh, to her native country of Kosovo. And Andrew re-enlisted uh, in the Army after 9-11 as he felt a, a calling as he was then deployed to Afghanistan where he was awarded a Medal for Valor. And he's described uh, by his family as, as a, quote, great man, father, and husband. And he was proud to serve. That's Andrew Hansen, Sergeant First Class uh, of the United States Army. And we take this time to remember uh, our fallen heroes like Andrew Hansen, who've given the ultimate sacrifice. In his case, uh, could not continue just that uh, battle with cancer. It, it just affects so many different people. But it's the heroes like Andrew uh, that put their lives on the line, including our heroes every single day that put on that uniform. Men, the men and women serving uh, in every single branch of the military in places here at home across the country. You are our heroes, folks. Regardless of what happens, you taking 
that initiative and you taking that responsibility to serve our country and to protect our freedoms, you are our heroes, folks. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap it up here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Through Travis Mannion Foundation's Operation Legacy Service Projects, veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians across the country come together under the common cause to serve in honor of our nation's heroes. Service projects include city beautifications, planting memorial trees, volunteering at shelters, park cleanups, and more. Ask yourself, if not me, then who? And register for a project near you or as a virtual volunteer by visiting oplegacy.org. That'll do it for another episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Once again, appreciate everybody being patient with me again this week. Lost luggage. Good night. Four days and finally get my bag uh, that had my recording equipment, but better late than never. Uh, just uh, excited to be back with you this week and also to get you ready for Navy and Notre Dame. Big one uh, between the two top 25 teams, Navy 23 and Notre Dame 16. Also that Ram Falcon trophy up for grabs uh, on Saturday. Uh, this another great football game, a rivalry that doesn't, in my opinion, get you know some of the highlights uh, that many of the ones that we all know about uh, love. But that Ram, or excuse me, Colorado State and Air Force rivalry, it's a good one as it will go down up in Fort Collins this weekend. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Again, uh, subscribe, uh, download, listen, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, myriad of ways to listen to us every single week here. Uh, just appreciate everybody taking the time to, to tune in uh, as you do each week. And I appreciate, certainly, my good friend Pete Methurst for joining me this week uh, in talking about the Navy Notre Dame. Navy Notre Dame game. So, really, really appreciate uh, everybody listening. Really appreciate Med and enjoy the games this weekend. We'll do it again next week as we'll get back on a regular schedule. But for myself, Price Atkinson, thanks to everybody. This is Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football. Enjoy the game. To get more on all things Service Academy football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And as always, you can subscribe to Yards and Stripes on iTunes and Stitcher. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football.